the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Well, Rachel, we survived 2024 NHL All-Star Weekend presented by Rogers. We, <laughs> we, we survived. We're here. I like doing my announcer voice. It's fun. But we survived. I, I'm not going to, like, I'm exhausted. That, that weekend tuckered me out. I don't know about you. I, my social battery it's dead. is so yeah. dead. I have Super Bowl this week that I have to do stuff for. And I'm like, I don't even want to speak to anybody mm-hmm. Like yesterday, first of all, I got home at 5 a.m. Yeah. On Sunday morning. So I slept until I think I think I texted our boy Johnny Lazarus at like 1.30 that I got out of bed. And he's like, hey. <laughs> but yeah. it was fun. Like we went, we did a ton of stuff. We um, went to, between the two of us. Yeah. We went behind the scenes with Connor Bedard and Sherwood. Mm-hmm. That was super cool. Um, you can check out that video. It's on our socials. Connor Bedard talked about his diet, the Olympics. Like, first of all, I got to watch him rip pucks from about two feet away. Mm-hmm. You could lose an eye if that thing hits oh, the he's, bar. He's crazy. You. Um, you got to ask Will Arnett about Batman. Michael Buble was on shrooms. That was very. It was very funny watching that occur in real time because it was kind of like. I'm not sure if you've seen, have you ever seen the movie, the interview with Seth Rogen and James Franco? It was the movie about them assassinating oh, Kim Jong-un. North Korea? Kim yes. Jong-un. Cause that so caused like a huge thing. It did. It, it almost brought like a terrorist attack to, it was crazy. Awesome. But I'm not sure at the start of the, of the movie there, like the whole thing is that James Franco is a, uh, James Franco is, is, is a, like a talk show host, you know, like Ryan Seacrest kind of thing. Right. And he's got Eminem on the show. And he's taught and he's like, Eminem, like all your lyrics, you know, like, do they mean he's like, yeah, well, when, you know, I rap about about hating my mom, it's because hating my mom's when I rap about like love my daughter, it's loving my daughter. When I rap about, you know, hating gay people, it's because I'm gay, you know, that kind of stuff. And people are like, <laughs> wait a second, what? Like people are like, wait, did Eminem just did he just Excuse really me? say it? And so it was it was like that in the prep, like in, in sort of the scrum, because. Buble is just talking and he's just like, yeah, you know, like, you know, and, and I thought I, someone gave me a microdose that I thought was a microdose. So I was just like zooted basically people. And then he just keeps going on. People were like, wait, <laughs> did he just say he was on mushrooms? Wait, hold on. <laughs> it's like, can we, can we back that up, Michael, please? Can we a bit of a follow up to that? Like it's, it was very Hi, funny. Yes. All of a sudden, like 10 hands go up. They're like, just a quick follow up. Just on a that. quick follow up on that one, please. Um, no, but it was, it was, it was great. Yeah. We got to go behind the scenes on media day and pretty much any time. There were scrums. Um, yeah, it was awesome, man. Like it felt personally it felt good being back at a rink. Uh, I met Gritty. You met Gritty. I got a big hug. You got a big hug. You yep. got a POV hug. I saw that, I got which a POV was cool. Hug. It was pretty cool. So. And I, I saw Finn. Shout out Finn, the Canucks. Yeah. Uh, Carlton gave me a big hug. Basically mm-hmm. like the mascot. And NJ Devil, my man. Yeah. <laughs> I will never forget the day that he broke a gymnastics facility. He okay. actually went into a gymnastics facility and ran so hard into like the glass or whatever mm-hmm. that it shattered it incredible <laughs> so last year la- like we'll talk briefly about all-star weekend obviously because we were both there i was behind the sort of behind the scenes media side rachel's behind the scenes fan side um and but like so i was at the all-star game last year covering it um and it was first of all all the uh, I, as we were walking to last year the mascots were lined up waiting to go out on the ring for their mascot game and we were, which is one of the best parts. Which is the best me. part. Yeah. And we were walking down, uh, like, and I was walking down with maybe like two or three other people uh, to like the media room. And to get to the media room, you had to pass this lineup of mascots, and they were giving people high fives and stuff. And like, I went to go give Bowie a high five, and he put me in a headlock and Solid. started and started giving me like a noogie. And then all of the other mascots converged and started like hitting me with their <laughs> with their like sort of plush hands or whatever. So I just got like sort of uh, uh, I got like gang beat by a bunch of mascots. That was fun. Um, but last, uh, the, the, the contrast between last year's all-star game and all-star weekend, just in general, and this year's all-star weekend could not have been night and day. And Rachel, it, it, it pains me, 
I regret to inform you that this All-Star weekend was actually very good. So naturally they're not doing an All-Star game next for the year. next like for the next like 3 years basically. Okay, so I want um we're going to do some All-Star like cutter uncut, some some wrap-ups, but it's going to be specifically on our socials. We're going to do we're going to start um be on our OnlyFans. Yeah. What? But yeah, ch- check out check out our TikToks, our Instagram. We're gonna do some cutter uncut. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll all, it'll go on YouTube um, as we wrap up NHL All Star Weekend. But as promised, we are doing our deep dive. Yes. Into the Columbus Blue Jackets. Well, I think real quick before we do that, let's just talk. Yeah, uh, we we can talk a little bit like just about the fact that All Star was better. Um, but I, what I wanted to give a shout out to is. Tate McRae. Absolutely. Um, I look. Also, I'm not, seeing the Justin Bieber performance yes, was pretty cool. <gasps> I'm not sure if you if you people, and I'm sure if you're listening to Hockey Wise, and I could, and look, I could be getting this somewhat wrong, but I did my research. So, but I'm not sure if you all know the the story of Tate McRae and why she's here. Basically, if you don't know what it is, um. She was dating. It is pinned to my TikTok. Yeah. Well, the thing is, as well, is that it kind of ties into our, our deep dive. Is she was she's dating. She was dating was. dating a fella on uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets, um, and she's from Calgary. And this fella did a lot of his uh, a lot of his junior hockey in Lethbridge. Yep. Um. So you know, you would think that they would meet. They're both the same age. They're both twenty, which is children. It's crazy. Tay McRae's twenty. Tay McRae is twenty. She's my brother's age. Twenty. This is a old. baby. Can you imagine your brother just? Absolutely slang on stage at like the NHL All-Star game? Absolutely not. My brother lit himself on fire two weeks ago. Actually, he didn't light himself on fire. Somebody accidentally lit him on fire. That's just guys being dudes, though. That's just guys being dudes. Um, all right. <laughs> it's all fun and games until you are literally yes, on, on fire. fire. So apparently... So someone, suffice it to say no. <laughs> yes. So apparently someone, uh, uh, you know, one of Tate's single friends uh, was on Tinder and went, Hey, that's weird. I see a profile for my friend's boyfriend. Oh, hmm. I've done, have you ever had that situation happen to you? No. Thankfully, I have I not have. had that. Yeah. Thankfully, I have not had that. Um, it wasn't my boyfriend to be yeah. clear. I Like, I haven't, haven't <laughs> dealt I, that. But I, I found somebody's yeah. significant other on there, and I was like, I lit- it was Hinge. And I was like, fancy seeing you here, dot, dot, dot. That profile went away so yeah. fast. I... <laughs> Yeah. Not uh, before the screenshots, um, which I guarantee you is what her friend did. Exactly. Well, yeah, 100%. Um, and so sends it to Tate. And, you know, it turns out that this fella had been philandering outside of the like relationship. He had, Tinder premium, I heard you. So not only did, he was, was paying he on for Tinder, it? he was paying for it. Brutal. That's brutal. And by the way, if you're on Tinder, you're also on Raya, which is like uh, the famous person dating app. Yeah, I know. Um, or like the influencer content creator, like whatever it is. So if he's paying for Tinder premium, he's 100% on. He Raya should have just stuck well. to Raya because Raya doesn't let you screenshot or screen record. Like it's supposed to be for like or else people will be like, like I remember yeah, you can you can get banned. But like I've started. seen people, I've seen TikToks. Full disclosure, I was on it. Um, I've seen people basically like they'll have it like, yeah, on they'll their just phone fun- and they'll their use phone. their iPad or yeah. whatever. Or they'll like just record a TikTok on like a camera like, like there's this. so there's only so many things you can do. But like it, it just makes it it's just one step. Yeah. Yeah. Because I keep seeing stories of like Lando Norris, Louis Capaldi. Yeah. Well, like I think the thing that kicked off the whole screen recording and screenshotting ban is someone like like sort of someone's like, a Lewis Hamilton no, on someone it. made someone I remember it was really random someone made like a TikTok about their conversation with Ben Affleck on it back when he was in between Anna, Anna de Armas and Jennifer Lopez and at that point they were just like no we need to make sure like all the celebrities are going to leave if they realize we can just like scream record it but anyway um so obviously it turns out that he had been uh you've been cheating for a little bit cheating for a while imagine you're like you're in the NHL you think you're a big shot you're dating a, a to be fair, superstar. And look, not to be fair, but I mean, like, she wasn't like as much of a superstar when they were dating as she is now. But she was still a bigger star than he she was. She was still a bigger star than him. And also, like, we all saw that performance. Like, fumble of the century. And I say this, look, I'm not one to, to talk or whatever, but oh my God. Like, come on. Talent, but also, like, 
Come on. What are you doing? What are you doing? And like, anyway, I was out uh, two nights during All Star and she was at the same place. Yeah. And I saw her. She's insane. Like she she took time to mm-hmm. take photos with every single person that came up to her. Like Kid Leroy wanted to leave. Yeah. Because they're like they're, a they're thing, thing now. Yeah. <laughs> another another person that's more famous than fellow in Columbus. Oh, um, okay. I, I didn't say it. But um, and so so what she did kind of is a she's from Calgary. So she likes hockey. And she also was like, I'm going to make the entire aesthetic of my next album and like era, I guess. The Columbus Blue Jackets. Well, just like just hockey. Like just but also blue. Yes. Like blue hockey to the point where like I will be like, you know, my my uh, my music video is in a in a hockey rink. My album I'm cover on a Zamboni. My album cover is me wearing goalie pads backwards, but still. Um, and like. I'm going to be performing at the all-star game. I'm going to be a captain, like an all-star captain. They're going to be doing to the point Shout where out like to the NHL though, for actually like hopping on this and being like, we need to so have what a I found, what I, uh, One sec. Like, so yeah. So basically it's almost as if let's say you were, I don't know, like an accountant or whatever. And, uh, uh, and, and you're, you cheated on your, spit it out <laughs> and you cheated on your boyfriend. And, uh, uh and, and so, and, and, and so to get back at you, your boyfriend was like, I'm going to become like the face of accounting. Like every, every poster that you see in like the break room about accounting protocols, I'm going to be on it. You know, like, you know, I'm going to make uh, uh, like all this stuff, like to the point where, you know, at, at every accounting conference, I'm going to be performing at it. So it's like, so you Did cannot you escape me. The, the <laughs> TSN, when TSN Columbus was playing the leaves. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, I saw it. And TSN was doing the broadcast, and I know who was producing. And they were playing it. greedy. They were playing greedy yeah. as they cut away from the game, and then it was like multiple Tate McRae songs. And I was like, whoever is doing this? Well, also ten out of ten. The, well done. The inner arena um, person like played like X's, and I'm pretty sure the uh, the camera like panned to Cole Cylinder, like just <laughs> stuff like incredible. that. So like like you know you play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Um, you know who's also playing stupid games and winning stupid prizes? They haven't won anything. It's the Columbus Blue Jackets. Well, they won the stupid prize of their prized prospect wanting to leave. So what we decided to do, Rachel, is it's the talk of the town these days how bad the Columbus Blue Jackets are. Not just on the ice, but off the ice. They've made a lot of missteps, and this kind of goes back. You could really bring this ba- all the way back to, like, the Doug McClain era, if you wanted to. Like, the original Columbus Blue Jackets. Th- talk about, uh, you know... Uh, Nikita Filatov and Nikolai Zherdev and guys like that. But instead, we're going to we're going to wind the clocks back about 24 months or so. No, 18 months, you know, 2022 offseason, um, because boy, oh boy, I think it's time for us to talk about that. The Columbus Blue Jackets are in a free fall, um, like I said, both on and off the ice. And we got to basically what 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 occurs now is David Yurchak. We'll get into this a bit more later. David Yurchak. Sixth overall pick in uh, 2022. He's an absolute stud defenseman. He's big. He's fast. He's strong. He can play b- you know, both ends of the ice. He can move the puck, this, that, the other. He's a phenomenal. He's arguably the best defense prospect in the game, I would say. One of them. Like, yes. Like, who would, yes. You, who would you rate higher than him? How many names would you put higher than him in terms of defense prospects? Off the top of my head, um, Lane Hudson. Above him? Yep. Really? Yep. That might be it. Yeah, so he's in the like top. Like, he's, he's ahead of is Axel he, Sandin Pelica. He's ahead of Zellweger, you think? Like, ahead of Matejchuk. Ooh. Okay. Yes, he's ahead of Matejchuk. Zellweger. Uh, I would actually, and I have Mintyakov ahead of him as well. Mintyakov's in the NHL right now, mm-hmm. so is Zellweger. Well, that's, they've only also played, like, 10 games. It's also not... Yearcheck's fault that he's not in the NHL right now. Right. As we will, as we will. He is in the echelon of guys that are like Simo Nemich is yes, in the he NHL. Could be, Zellweger, Mitchikov, Lane Hudson is coming out after this year. So David Yearcheck is class. Like, let's say he's in the echelon of potential franchise defensemen, a guy you build your blue line around. 
I, I think he is. Yes. Ab- yes. Th- we're talking like. Like a Drew Doughty, Victor Hedman. Like you put him at the top. I was going to say a Victor Hedman Yeah. Type. And you just leave. Like you can leave it there for the next like 10, 15 years. And as long as you build around him, you'll be fine. Right. He's not offensive in the same way that like an Adam Fox is. Yes. Or anything like that. But we're talking about a defenseman that like face it, it wins games. Like, yes. You need a cornerstone. I was, when he was really, really good, Seth Jones is the example. Yeah, like back, yeah, before, like pre-washed Seth Jones, basically. Now, I've seen, like, I obviously, I, you know, I'm not a big prospects guy, and I know that I'm, I'm buying into a little bit of the, the, I would say, like, bias of the World Juniors when it comes to evaluating prospects. We talked about that when we talked to Scott Wheeler over the break, where it's like, you know, no one will watch these guys, these prospects during their actual season, but they'll take this like these like five, six games in the world juniors as gospel on what they are. But let me tell you, I was at the world juniors, I was covering it um, in Halifax last year. And David Yurichek, what like took that Czech team and friggin' put them on their back on his back and carried them to the gold medal game where Canada beat them. Believe in overtime. Like it was it, it like David Yurichek was, a stud he led that team he can and if he can do that in the nhl boy oh boy whichever team has him might not be columbus is going to be great now but i also think when you're talking about a defenseman like that like yes he's good offense but development is yeah. so important developing defensemen and this is why anaheim has been elite at it for so long is there's no yo-yoing happening olin zellweger you're gonna stay your butt down there until you are absolutely ready to come up and then when you come up it's because we've now traded Jamie Drysdale out because you're ready. And so Anaheim does such a great job that they're able to trade Sammy Vatnin, trade Hampus Lindholm, and just continue to have players coming up. Columbus is doing the opposite. Trading out Seth Jones, getting in Adam Boquist. So they're getting the young players, and then they're like not even playing them. Like Nick Blankenberg came from Michigan. Yes. Signed, played with them, played with them last year. Now he's in the AHL. He's got like 12 points in 19 games. Yep. And he's not even the best one. No. No, but instead, we're going to block all this. We have Corson Kuhlman's Denton Matejchuk, and obviously they're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. But did you need to sign? Well, hey, don't, no spoilers yet, Rachel. No, but what I'm saying is, is like, if you look at what they've done, mm-hmm. did you need to sign a bunch of guys to contracts that are going to block? You clearly didn't. But <laughs> let's start at the beginning and where the downfall really occurred. Because... Yeah. The offseason 2022 was supposed to be a momentous, a joyous occasion for the Columbus Blue Jackets because the top free agent on the market, Johnny Goudreau, middle of his prime, coming off a 115-point season. Incredible. He comes in, he hits the market, and he's expected to be pursued by these big markets, New Jersey, Philly, you know, all these other, you know, pretty much everyone in that New York area, uh, apparently Calgary rolled out the red carpet for him, was offered him a, a massive amount of money trying to keep this guy. He says, no, I'm going to Columbus, Ohio. And you know what? A, a player of his caliber in the prime of his career, signing what will un, like 1000% be the most lucrative contract of his career and one of the most lucrative free agent contracts we've seen in, since in the salary cap era, choosing to do that with the Columbus Blue Jackets is a massive deal, a massive deal, and a massive deal to the to to that franchise because, well, because they can they've say had people leave like everyone has left. left. Bobrovsky left. Rick Nash. Duchesne. Left. They they acquired him. He and was, he was like, Yo, he, he was like, I'm I'm gone. I am I am gone. Um, you know, like pretty much everyone who has meant something to them really has left. And, um, and so and to be fair, Rick Nash was there pretty much the entire time, mm-hmm. except for when he was like, okay, I want to try and win. He's like, I kind of want to do stuff. But now. he did sign a long term oh, yeah. deal. So like he intended to be there. And when it just became clear that that wasn't happening, he was then like, all right guys, like I need, I, I need yeah, to he's try like, I'm out. Um, and so that was a big deal. And then, but then they followed up, uh, they followed that up on the same day, basically. By signing Erica Branson, who's coming off a good season in Calgary, but a good season in a very this Erica Branson deal. I was in Vancouver when this. Yes, happened. you were still there. Yeah. <laughs> the you, looks yeah. on the faces of the, we were like, like we got word we're like okay Columbus has signed Erica Branson, 
We started taking bets around the table. Like, I want to be like a 925K, like, you know, maybe maybe like 2.5. One of the AGMs was like, it's going to be more, but anything more than 2 million is insane. Then it came down that it was four years. And the look on everyone's face, we were like, whoa. Four million for the term and for the money, too. So originally, terms, four years. Mm. So then. I saw on Twitter because I was like keeping mm. track of everything. I was like, oh, it's four years, uh, four million bucks. And they were like, oh, only a million bucks a year. And I said, per year. Okay. The looks on the faces of everyone in management, like utterly stunned. I can't imagine. Stunned. Which made it, which na- makes it seem, and this could be proven wrong by another team coming forward but like it makes it seem like the blue jackets were kind of bidding against themselves on this one i can't imagine that there was a bidding war for eric branson at that okay stage. so we knew that i want there were there were a few teams that were interested yeah right for like we also needed defensemen yeah um right that's why we got like riley stillman um hell yeah fixed it but so like yeah, good Branson was a guy that had interest, especially mm-hmm. given how our management group wanted to play. But we got priced out after like 1.75. We were like, yeah, no, we're not going higher than that. And yeah. like, good thing too. Pretty good thing. Now, so they signed they sign Eric Branson. And this, I never want to compare Daryl Sutter to Bill Belichick here, but they both have very specific systems of play. Yes. And we, and we see from, from the Belichick Patriots all the time is a player will thrive in their system, come in as like a fifth round or whatever, or, or a reclamation project will come to new England. They will thrive in that system for a year or two. And then they hit free agency. Another team will give them a ton of money. And it turns out, man, outside of Belichick looks, looks like they're not that great. Good Branson basically did the same thing, but in a Daryl, in a Daryl Sutter system where he was, on the last legs of Sanchez career. He was getting sent down, you yeah. know, and he goes to Calgary and based on how Daryl, Sit- uh, Daryl Sittler, Daryl Sutter, uh, you know, wants defense, his defenses to play. Erica Branson thrived in that role. It, everyone was like, Whoa, crazy. Um, and so instead of kind of looking at that and going, okay, very specific system kind of player. Do we play that same system? No, we don't. Maybe we, should we maybe like that might depend on how much we pay him. Columbus went big, big man. Did all right in this system, four by four. And that trade, the trickle, tri- the trickle down yeah, effect, it's like the butterfly effect. All of Reviewer Strand. So, hey, 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 hey. Spoilers, Rachel. It's that's what they made the because, trade for. Because they got up against the cap, they then had to trade they then had to had to shed some salary. So they had to trade a player. Now who whoops could they trade? Certainly not a guy that uh would lead their team in scoring right now were he on the roster. And also, they had to trade that player. Like, teams knew that they had to get rid of someone. It wasn't a hockey move. It was a dump. And in salary dumps, you get very little back. And who did they trade, Rachel? Oliver Bjorkstrand. For what? A third and a fourth round pick. Yeah. So you traded, just so we're totally clear here. Mm Mm-hmm. Oliver Bjorkstrand is not having a great season. He has 40 points in 50 games. Like that's a that's a pretty good season for No, a no, lot no. Of I'm talking people. in the scale of like his own career kind of. No, or? no, no. Like in the league. Yeah. Oh yeah, so he's not Generally like a, speaking, he's not an elite guy. Exactly. Yeah. He would lead the Columbus Blue Jackets in scoring by 8 points this year because their leading scorer is Johnny Gaudreau and he has 32 points. 32 in 50 games? I believe so. So... They're 10th... Th- they have a guy on their team that was just sent to the All-Star mm, game, and I have to assume it's because Johnny hilarious. Gaudreau said he didn't want to. Well, I have to assume that players 1 through 9 said no. <laughs> right, I mean, like, Fantilli would have been the obvious selection, but, but he, was he got hurt. hurt. Right? But, okay. like... Yeah. Uh, Can you Boone run... Jenner has 18 points. Yeah, he was their, their, their representative. Can you run... Um, uh, Johnny Goudreau in your model. Would that take too long? Why, yes. Did you already do it? Or did you? Oh. No, I haven't okay. done it well, yet, could, could but you, I can. Could you do, please do current Johnny. Are you able to run past Johnny Goudreau as well? Or just current? Uh, I can't do past right now. Okay, so do, so just run current Johnny Goudreau. We all know how good Johnny Goudreau was in coming off, coming into free agency. It's 115 point season. I would like to see what his comparables and everything are now 
two like less than two years into Columbus. Anyway, and so it, so they choose Oliver Bjorkstrand as their salary dump. I believe he was making somewhere in the range of three point four. Oh, yeah. oh, it's not good. Yeah, he's, I know. So hold on, we'll do it in a second. <laughs> oh no. So they <laughs> so they trade him instead. What they could have done instead, and all you know, obviously markets change and all that, but they also had Gustav Nyquist on their roster. And people could go objectively a worse player. Yes. And who made more? He made 5.5 million at that point. He what? I believe. Yes. No, that's crazy. Well, because he had a really good season before free agency. They dumped Oliver Bjorkstrand to keep Gustav Nykos, who was making over $5 million. I believe so. Yeah. Oh and so, my God. That should get you fired. And so, you know what? Let me. We got to Okay. Let me read you Johnny Gaudreau's comparisons while right I, now. While I, I make sure that he was making 5.5. Okay. So they're not. Like, these are all good hockey players. However, uh, when you're making the amount of money Johnny Goudreau is making, these are not players you want to be compared to. Johnny Goudreau, Matt Zuccarello, Jamie Benn, Vladimir Tarasenko, Evander Kane, and Jonathan Huberto. Extremely funny that Jonathan Huberto is on that list. Bruh. Um, yes, I was. I Those was, are not players. Like Tarasenko's on a one-year deal, makes like yep. a few million bucks. Zuccarello is thirty million years old. Yeah. Jeff Skinner is. Jeff Skinner was once exposed in, a, in an expansion draft, draft and not taken. Now I would say like Jamie Ben is like is old. Yeah. Look, these this are all these, these are all good players. Not uh, I think none of them, even Jamie Ben, d- don't make over nine million dollars a year. Nine and a half, I think, is what is what Goudreau is making now. Yeah, I was. I just. I just made sure to, to check it, to triple check it, just because it's an outlandish sum. Yes, Gustav Nyquist was making five point five million dollars a year. Now markets can change, right? Like trade markets can change; they can soften, whatever. But you're you're not trading some. You're, the asset you're doing, you're you're wanting to get back in return for this trade asset that you are sending out the door is cap space. You don't really care about the draft picks that are coming back. You'd like some. Because you technically have to trade something for something. Um, Can I read you Oliver Bjorkstrand's comparisons? Yeah, hit me, hit me. This is fun. Oliver Bjorkstrand's comparisons are Alex Tuck, Troy Terry, Drake Batherson, Jordan Cairo, and Nick Suzuki. <laughs> like, Nick Suzuki is the lowest on that list there, but... You put any of those players on Columbus right now, they're a much better team. Well, yeah. yeah. Alex Tuck, top line player. Troy Terry, top mm-hmm. line player. Drake Batherson, depending on the night. Middle six. Middle, yeah. Or like, middle. yeah, middle to top oh, six. Oh, Cole Caulfield's on there, too. We're talking about a young player that's a, a sniper. Like You're talking about the greatest, like, the, the greatest player to score 50 goals who's never scored 50 goals before? <laughs> Cole Caulfield? But, okay, so you're Columbus. You decide to trade Bjorkstrand. And keep in mind, so Nyquist... Like I said, when you're doing a salary dump, you're not expect you like the the value you're getting from trading this person is not really the draft picks you're getting in return. It's the cap space that it frees up. I believe Oliver Bjorkstrand was making three point five, I believe, or three point four, three point five when he got dealt. Um, you had Gustav Nyquist on your roster, who was making five point five million at the time. Now people could say, Mike, they couldn't. They like who would who would have taken Gustav Nyquist? So you, I love that you pointed this mm-hmm. out. I can't run Gusev Nyquist, but you traded you uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand mm-hmm. uh, and his $3.2 million mm-hmm. because you signed a defenseman whose comparables this season are... This is Erica Branson? Connor Murphy. Incredible. Radko Gudis. Amazing. Cody Cece. Oh, yeah. Always and Nick good. Jensen. Not good. Would you rather have somebody who's more closely compared to Cole Caulfield and Jordan Cairo and Alex Tuck or somebody compared to Radko Gudis, Josh Manson and Cody Ceci? Wow. There's also some and we'll, we'll add and this. Connor Murphy. Yeah, I. Ten out of ten. That's actually better than I thought it would be. Like I thought I thought Erica Branson's comparables would be like. I'm trying to think of the worst defenseman I can think of. I don't know. I th- I thought I, those are more at least NHL regular names I, that, better. But anyway, yes, but none of them are. <laughs> yeah. So you you have Goose. You still we're still in this. You have Gustav tr- Nyquist, and you have and he's and he's making five point five million dollars a year. Instead of using him as the cap dump, you you trade Oliver Bjorkstrand. Now people could go, Mike. They wouldn't be able. To, no, who would have taken Gustav Nyquist at that point? And I go, hmm. 
Decent idea. Well, do you think his market softened a little bit after he was ruled out for the rest of the regular season due to injury on February 1st last year? I would say so. And yet still the Columbus Blue Jackets were able to trade him to the Minnesota Wild for a fifth round pick. I lied. I can run Gustav Nyquist and I just did. Yep. Uh, his comparables this season are not horrendous. Um, but this is like, this but, is this season. Right. Well, it, I takes, wanna, it, it takes into account like seasons past, but this season's more heavily weighed. I want to know what is it was compared. Like if you were, if this model existed in 2022, I wanted you to run it at that point to see like what he was like. Oh, see, no, I, I, yeah. I would have to do like a whole block of coding that I'm not going to do right now. But like Gustav Nyquist's comparables this year uh, and like just generally speaking, uh, Adam Henrique, Mikhail Granlin, Braden Shen, Sean Monahan. So it's actually not too bad. You can get a first round pick for him <laughs> based on Sean Monahan. You can get a first round pick for this guy. Right? So it's actually, it's not... It's not horrendous, but that is, you simply just did not need to sign Eric Goodbranson. Like that was, you didn't. So that was especially if you were going to then make the other trades we're yes. now going to talk about. So that was kind of the tipping point because then, uh, then during the cup final last year, the Blue Jackets make two big trades. They make one, they make one uh, sort of signing trade. And this is a good thing. It was a signing trade uh, with the Devils for Damon Severson. So David Severson, yes, he's hurt, but he is a good player who can very much help them. Um, the other one they made, though, is for Ivan Provorov. Now, Ivan Provorov is not good on or off the ice, I would say. <laughs> After last season, the fact that, and it was a three-way trade, remember, it because was. Sean Walker and, and, uh, and Cal, Cal Peterson. Peterson. Philadelphia is now going to probably get like a first-round pick for mm -hmm. Sean Walker. Yeah, they will. Like if Sean Monahan can get a first round pick, <laughs> Sean Walker can get a first round pick. Yeah. Like it, it's <sighs> so they trade for Provorov. They didn't need him. He was bad, but they traded for him. He's on their roster and now they're looking to trade him again. Um, I'm shocked. A couple days later, basically after rumors that preceded even the, the Ivan Provorov uh, uh, acquisition, they hire Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock, who had been out of the league for the last three, four years. Uh, Mike Babcock. Why? What happened? Nothing bad. Um, because he uh, had been proven time and time again to be one of the most detestable people in the sport of hockey. Someone who drove players to nervous breakdowns, who would do petty things like keep Mike Badano from hitting 1,500 career games for no reason. No reason. Stuff like like sitting Jason Spezza out during his the the home opener when he signed in with in Toronto for literally league minimum to help win them in his hometown to help them win a Stanley Cup. Things like that. Um, oh, by the way, he was scratched for Nick Shore. Where is Nick Shore now? Not in the NHL. Fuck you, Mike Babcock. Um, so they sign they hire Mike Babcock, and in the press conference, despite everyone pretty much telling them not to do this. The Literally, the rumors started the first week of June. It was I was and in they didn't Vegas. Announce it till yeah. July first because, because they had to stop because the lease had to stop paying his contract. Exactly. And so the entire month of June, people were like, "This is a bad idea." The entire press conference. It's always good that when you hire a coach, and the entire press conference is centered around how have you uh, changed in, changed as a person from your last coaching stint. So you will never do that again. And the entire press conference, Mike Babcock and the management group kept saying, you know, I've, uh, I've changed. I've done this. I've done that, done this, you know, mental health. It's important, blah, blah, blah. Mike Babcock didn't make it to the first informal practice. <laughs> did not make it to training camp. The first thing he did. I made it to training. Yes. Camp. At least you made it to training camp. You, you, um, you get, you hire this guy. And literally the first thing he does after you hire him, he basically stepped off the podium for this. When he meets the players that he's going to he's, he's going to uh, coach is he pulls some bullshit like show me show me the pictures in your phone, yeah. which we've talked about at length in that it's just first of all, it's a gross invasion of someone's privacy at, in any workplace. But second of all. There's a lot that goes in there, potentially even, you know, if there's a player that's closeted in the NHL that doesn't want that known. It was just not. It was. It's just it's psychopath stuff that has no reason for any it has no reason to exist, no reason to have been done. And and he was basically blacklisted from the NHL until this poverty franchise could pick him up, which is the only reason they could pick him up in the first place, by the way. They went name brand because no other team is going to touch this guy. So we went, oh, well, might as well have my Babcock. He'll sell tickets. Um, 
But the first chance he has to show that he's changed, he shows that he hasn't. He does the exact same thing that got him blacklisted from the NHL for the last three years. He doesn't make it to the first practice. So then Pascal Vincent. So they have to scramble because keep in mind, remember, this happened like right before training camp. Four days before training camp. Exactly. And so uh, you would know being, you know, being on an NHL coaching staff and in, in, in the front office is that the planning for training camp, that's a summer. Oh my that's God. a summer of work. That's a summer of seminars. That's a summer of meetings, of meetings, PowerPoint presentations, scheduling, you know, events, this, that, the other. You have to, you, you, you not only do you fire your guy, like who you paid. Exor- and don't forget, you're also, so it's just some background on yeah. this, is when you're preparing for training camp, a lot of it is the team services guy meeting with the managers and the coaching staff to talk about when are we flying here? When are we doing this? So a lot of the scheduling is actually made during the summer no oh like during training camp no 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 it's it's made by the coach so Mm. a lot of columbus's training camp would have been centered around the schedule mike babcock wanted to set so when you then go and fire him your team services people are scrambling because you just dropped a nuke into their basically the guy that they've been working all summer on the schedule Mm. with is now not there yeah. and they got to do this all over again and i saw what mike brown in vancouver had to deal with mm-hmm. and like some other people um like marie in new jersey and whatever when things change at the last second the amount of yeah chaos that is caused is absolutely off the charts so like i can't even imagine who the poor team services guy was so they bring in pascal vincent and what is the first Thing he says on day one of note. He goes, I think I'm going to play Patrick Line, notorious like perimeter sniping winger at center. I think I'm going to try that out. I remember when you sent me that. You didn't believe it. And I was like, this is photoshopped. You didn't believe it. No, no, he did not say this. And I didn't believe it until I watched the press conference because I was like, there's no way he said this. We were going to do a like we're going to do a podcast. And we were prepping, I think even in here is one of our first podcasts that we we're going to do. Might have been one of our last remote. I'm not sure. But I remember we were prepping kind of like live together. And I was like, oh, do you want to put in the fun thing about how Patrick Liney is going to play center? And you went, are you joking? Is it a joke? Are you joking? And I went, no. And I showed you the quote. And you were like, this, I is, had a to real, watch the press this is a real thing. This is not AI generated. Like I have to yeah. check it. It's crazy. Um, obviously, that didn't work. Now. What? I'm shocked. Yeah. You know, who could have foreseen that a guy whose skills would suggest he cannot play center and he would be a great winger and he would be a great winger because that's what got him drafted second overall. It's what scored. It's what got him 40 goal seasons. It's what made him a point per game player. No, no. Uh, let's By play the center. way, that draft is wild. When you think about it, what, Matthews 20, 2016. One. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Line Puglia, Yarvi, Dubois, you Levy. Yeah. Nothing. Kachuk. <laughs> Who also wouldn't be in Columbus if they had taken him second overall. There was nothing after that? Was that the Coyote stripped pick? Uh, yeah, that was. Yeah, so, hilarious. Um, it went Matthews, Line, Pouli, uh, Dubois, Pouli, Yarvi, Ua Levy, Kachuk at six. Hilarious. Hilarious. And um, there were room, like, not even room. It was confirmed that the head scout of Vancouver wanted to take Matthew Kachuk. As you should, he's a good player. Now, he would have lost, he wouldn't be in Vancouver now anyways because Kachuk wants yeah. to play in the U.S. But, I mean, if you look at it. You lost six years of Matthew Kachuk in Vancouver. Columbus has had both Line and Dubois. Mm-hmm. And. Driven him out. Yeah, like, well, Patrick Line is a bit of a different story and obviously like all the best to him. Yes. But playing a guy who's supposed to be a winger at center. Yeah. Is. A genuine like that just tells me you might not know what you're you don't know doing. what you're doing. Um, and so training camp, you know, they scramble to get training camp together, goes off. Um, now the thing about Columbus, it goes off with no hitches, no hitches whatsoever. <laughs> um, but the thing about Columbus though is that they have a ton of young talent, you know, they they've have, done a great job drafting, they have really great job, you know, Cole Sillinger, Kent Johnson. Uh, you know, like even in the Corson later rounds, Kuhlmans, yeah, Corson Kuhlman's, uh, Yegor Chinahov, who yeah, literally obviously didn't Adam, even know you know, Adam Fantilli, uh, uh, you know, like all these guys, David Yurchek, as we talked about, they have a ton of young talent. Um, you know, like even, even like other guys, like, like he's maybe not the most talented guy Dimitri in the world, Vorankov. but like, yeah, Dimitri Vorankov, uh, you know, even like a guy like Emil Bemstrom, like guys like that. Um, 
And so that that'd be a good that's sort of a good situation for a coach to inherit at least. Yeah, is a ton and of young talent. And you have talent. Zach Wierenski. And you have Zach Wierenski. And Wierenski, now you have a blue line that Damon also has Damon Severson and bad yeah. Ivan Provorov. Yeah. Um. So what they do is instead of leaning into their young guys, um, they send Kent Johnson to the AHL. They healthy scratch him for the home opener. Kent well, Johnson. No, no, no. They send Chinahov. To, to start the season to the minors yeah. and everyone was like uh, well they what? send him down to start the season we go what that's weird and then, and then they scratch Ken Johnson we yes. were like wait so what? there's no purpose of that <laughs> then they then after that a couple days later they send Ken Johnson the HL call Chenikov back up or Chenikov back up Johnson goes and just destroys the AHL basically. He basically forces their hand. He had over yeah. a point a game in the AHL and it was kind of like this is ridiculous. What are we doing here? Exactly. Meanwhile, Dmitry Voronkov uh, a very good player, a steal in the draft that they got. Yeah. Um, they bring him over and keep in mind, he is a, a 23 year old Russian guy. He doesn't know English. Uh, he comes over from Russia. This is a, this is his first step in a new land. Um, a for like a foreign land. Imagine if they just dumped you in the middle of Russia and we're like, go, uh, go no. perform at the top of your abilities. He has I, no, he has no family here. He's single. So it's not like he brought his partner over and, they don't really give him like they don't really give him any resources. They just say, here you are. Show up to the rink every day. Do your so, job. And so he goes, I'm homesick. As one would be. As one would be. And that's when only then do do uh, do the GM and the, the organization jump in. They go, oh, we're, we're going to you know, we're really going to try and help him. You know, uh, homesick. It happens. You know, I'm Yarmulke Klein. I'm from Finland. I remember being homesick. We're going to try and get Fedor Tutin. In to, to sort of mentor him a little bit. We were hoping some of the Russian guys on our team were going to mentor him a little bit. You know, like... Oh, they, and that's not happening. Why? Why? What happened? Because you decided to trade for Ivan Provorov, who shouldn't be mentoring anyone, barely, probably shouldn't even, like, own a fish. Yeah. So stuff like that. Um, on top of that, as the season progresses, the Columbus Blue Jackets suck. <laughs> yes. And, and the guy who they pick uh, third overall... Adam, who should probably not have been there at three to begin yes, with. Yes, but the guy who they picked third overall, one of the best prospects we've seen in a while, um, four prospects, you know, a, a, a center of the future. Like you, like these centers like this don't come around very often. They decide, uh, keep in mind, season's not going great. They're losing. Things suck. They're, yeah, like his comparables in my draft model like were Jack Eichel-esque. Yeah. They decide to play Adam Fantilli on the fourth line wing. So guys who really have no bearing on the future can get some more ice time. Awesome. Great. Now Adam Fantilli, obviously freak accident gets last, gets a laceration during game. He's out for at least eight weeks. That was, they were like, Oh yeah, he's going to play fourth line and out of position Mm -hmm. so that somebody could play like second line center or whatever. Yeah. And then they put him up on the first line, like two games later and he he scored twice. And I was like, Oh weird. Now something that we don't even have initiated in our prep, Rachel is while this is going on, they're basically having a Mexican standoff with their starting goaltender, Elvis Merzlikens. Yeah. Um, Because buried in all this, and we didn't even put this in the prep because it just was another thing that we didn't even think of until now. Elvis Merzlikens obviously struggled mightily last year in 878 in 30 games last year. Terrible. That might have been impacted by the fact that he saw his best friend die, die. in front of him to save his his own wife and his uh, uh, like unborn, unborn child. child. Um, but before Elvis was like, and said, put up uh, you know some deep, some pretty good numbers beforehand. That's why he was signed. That's why he's making five point nine million dollars a year. Like that's why he's he's yeah. When you watch, it's one thing like obviously T.J. Brody's father passed away. Yes, professors, and we've seen it impact their performance. When someone legitimately dies to save you and your mm-hmm. wife that, that is an entirely different level like, to of be, tragedy to be frank here it fucks you up for a while uh yeah you see it could, stuff it, it could screw you up the rest of your life it changes when so, when a traumatic when an incident of that kind of trauma happens in front of you it changes your brain chemistry that's how trauma works that's how grief works i'm honestly okay so there is a part of me that wonders if the canon in columbus may be an issue for maybe him. not be a good idea um and so uh so for weeks, they made him their third goalie. Awesome. Which just doesn't make sense. Like doesn't help anybody. Literally no one. It tanks his value. It, it tanks, tanks his value, his but it also it, 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 it puts a well. it puts a black cloud over the organization because, like I said, you know, I've I've been in companies, potentially the one I, I left earlier, where like people aren't being treated well, or when we're thinking you're trying to go by your business, but someone there's someone in particular isn't being treated well. 
that puts a damper on everything. Yeah. And so how are people supposed to go about the day? They all like Elder Spoons Likens and they realize this guy's getting railroaded by the company. How's that going to help mor- morale? He he all but he and he all but uh, he, he said does. He did request a trade. He do, did request a trade, and then he and then they finally start him, and he plays very well. And then they interview him again after the game, and they go, "You seem angry." Well, he's like, "I'm angry." Yeah. And they're like, "Why are you? Ang- who are you angry at?" And he goes, "I'll tell you that later." Basically, like, "I'll tell you that after I'm out of here." Um. So they've alienated their starting goaltender. And then brings us to David Yurchek. Yeah, so when you have when you're in Columbus's position, you are not fighting for a playoff spot. Your priority needs to be your young players. So Patrick Line, when healthy, needs to be up playing top line minutes. Your first line, when healthy, needs to be Adam Fantilli, Patrick Line, and Johnny Gaudreau. Absolutely. And then your second line needs to be some faction of Kent Johnson, Yegor Chinahov, and somebody else. Like Cole Sillinger, perhaps. Per, per, yeah. Or Boone Jenner. Jenner, right, and or, then Cole yeah. Sillinger can p- play third line center, so he's still insulated, but yeah. he's playing his natural position. When you are in the position Columbus is in, you need to be prioritizing your future. Mm-hmm. So, on the back end, that means you're not trading for guys that have been issues in other places, and you're not playing veterans of a billion games, so that guys like I don't know uh, David Yurchek get blocked. So, yeah, you. This is the. The story is that that uh, Yarmo Kekalainen very much does not want to say rebuild, and also with all of the with all of the moves that they made this basically the past two off seasons, they, like they aren't rebuilding. They're trying to win, which makes this even sadder. But like they this they, is they are trying to win. They were supposed to take a, take take at least another big step last year. Instead, they they finished third overall in the in the draft, and they and now they're fighting for uh, uh, Mac and Celebrini this year. Things have not been going well. Something has gone wrong. Um, now you have David Yurichek. This guy is, NH, like he is an NHL player right now. He is he's very he is a very very good player. He would be the third best defenseman on conservatively like twelve NHL teams. He has torched the AHL. He has torched every every league, every level he's ever been at. And even in the minuscule minutes that the, the Columbus Blue Jackets have given him this year, he has done very well. In the game before they sent him down once again, and we'll get into the whole big sort of situation here, but the, the last time he played an NHL game was on January 9th. So based, almost exactly a month ago. It's February 5th today. But it was on January 9th. And it was against the, the New Jersey Devils. And of course, the Columbus Blue Jackets lost 5 nothing. David Yurchek played 15-45 in that game, you know? So, like, not an insignificant Not an insignificant, like, but, you know, he played He played almost 16 minutes in that game. Uh, he had two shots on goal. Uh, he didn't have any points, but he had two shots on goal, and he was a, like, an even rating. So they lost 5 nothing. And he was even. And he was even. Yeah. So I'm really glad that Andrew Peak and Eric Goodbranson yeah. are playing. Yeah. Great. So that David Yurichek can. If you're if anyone is going to try and look me in the face and tell me that David Yurichek is not a better option than Good Branson or Peak, mm. I'm, I'm literally just going to joke or laugh at you. You can't say we're trying to win games and actively be playing three defensemen who are worse than David Yurichek, especially when Zach Wierenski was out. Like there was no excuse. He would have been the best. There was a point where Zach Wierenski and Damon Severson were both out with injuries and you couldn't find consistent time you know who you know who's out for injuries right now it's zach warensky david severson adam no, Bo- and adam's back Stevens back now so but Severson's but at that back. time it was zach warensky damon severson and adam boquist are all out we're all out with and injuries you can't find room for and david you, Yurchek. You can, yeah so david Yurchek, what happens is he makes uh after training camp he gets called up around november and they and uh after playing a couple games yarmo kekalainen pulls him aside and says, you know, the, it's the moment for any big uh, or any young player, big or small, is uh, go find a place. Which is that go- means you, you've made the team. You can stay here. Like when the Leafs, like there's stability now. Tavares uh, took in Matthew Nyes mm-hmm. and Fraser Minton. Yes, and then they sent Minton home, but they told Nyes to get a place. That means we're not sending you down. Even, and even if they did, he's in Toronto. Like it's fine. No, but, but that you means when I mean? you like, get told to get, get a place, place, that means you're on the team. That means right. you made it's it. It's also a hell of a lot easier in downtown Toronto to get a place when you make 925k as opposed to 70. Exactly. So you're right. Um, like if you make 70 grand, you basically can't live downtown. Yeah. So I would have really loved someone to tell that to my old employer. Um, <laughs> anyway, so they tell him to get a place, which is basically like you made it, kid. Good you job. Made the team. Go yeah. sign a lease notoriously difficult things to break and go 
spend money. And I know obviously he's making in his ELC, it's 925,000 um, or 918 actually for him. Um, but uh, like go, go spend money on an apartment every month. Um, because you're going to be here with the exception that that's not going to be empty all the time. Um, nine, uh, the next week, the very next week after they tell him this, they send him to AHL Cleveland. I would have been like, I'm not going. He is now living. And that there was, there were reports saying that he might not report. He eventually did. Um, but he is now living in a hotel in Cleveland and his apartment that he was told to buy by the GM, uh, in Columbus is, empty now awesome so he's paying rent yes for, for a place, place he's not he's using not even living yes the, the blue jacket should have to pick up the tab absolutely now he's uh so i want to read this i want to read this thread because after uh, he got sent down to cleveland and aaron port's line goes to interview him in cleveland and uh so david Yurchek talks to aaron port's line and goes i play i played good hockey in the nhl I'm an NHL player right now. That's my opinion that I should be in the NHL right now. I see guys from the same draft like Simone Nemich and Kevin Korchinski. They get a chance on the power play. They play a ton of minutes in the NHL. Those are different teams, so different situations, but I can compare with them. I just want a no, chance. No, you absolutely can because they didn't have Wierenski in the lineup. Mm-hmm. He should be quarterbacking their power exactly. play. But I can compare it with them. I just want a chance to play like that. They told me the last game was not good enough for me. This is on January 28th. I told them I don't think so, but that's your opinion. I was out of the lineup after that. A whole month now. It feels like I haven't played. Uh, the guy, and he says, the guys in Cleveland, the guys here in Cleveland, because Yurchek wanted to make it clear that he doesn't not like it in Cleveland. Like he just want, he doesn't want any heat to go on the guys on the, the uh, Cleveland monsters. The guys here in Cleveland are awesome. The coaches are awesome. It's fun to be here now because there's a lot of winning. Dad. There's a good energy, but still, this is not what I want, right? Um, so it really does seem like David Yurchek is gearing up to request a trade. And guess what? Sorry for that noise, folks. His agent just happens to be Alan Walsh, who is notoriously... Uh, He's notoriously uh, somebody Bombastic that, and will yeah. go, to, you know, go to the mat for his players. And David Yurchek, uh, you know, all this is happening. David Yurchek goes back to Cleveland. He plays uh, over the weekend. In the game that he played, he scores three goals and one assist. Solid. Four points for a defenseman. No, no. He has a four-point night, including a hat-trick as a defenseman. And, of course, Alan Walsh was in the arena to capture it all. Um, now, some insiders are weighing in. Oh, oh, so they asked the coach. Aaron Portline, Portsline asked the coach. And Pascal Vincent, or uh, Vincent trying to downplay it a little bit, goes, I get it, you know. My daughter wants her own car. She's 13 years old. It's the Amazon effect. Everybody wants it now. Okay, so the difference there is your daughter's 13 and doesn't have a driver's license. David Juracek is not 13 and has an NHL contract. He should be playing Mm -hmm. in the National Hockey League, Pascal. This is not hard. Yes. Like, this is... This is crazy. This is absolutely nuts to me. Like, I... Nick Blankenberg, I can understand. Mm -hmm. David Juracek, I cannot. He is better conservatively than three of their top six conservatively who's better than him well we're like obviously but he's out right now he's not in the lineup no but i'm saying even healthy Wierenski, severson let me read off the healthy players that are in their lineup right now uh if it would if my computer would let me i was gonna say if you keep leaning forward like that i'm gonna hit you i, I will read off i will read off their blue line and you tell me who is better? If who is better than David Yurchek? We're gonna play better or worse. Is David Yurchek better or worse yeah. than I'm gonna players re- currently on the Blue Jackets? Yes, I'm gonna read off. I'm gonna read off the Blue Jackets def- like top. Uh, you know their their decor right now. Okay. And you tell me if Yurchek is better. If Yurchek is better by saying better, or if he's worse by saying worse than these players. So obviously Zach Wierenski. Worse. Okay. Damon Severson right now. Worse. So Yurchek is worse than him. Okay. Yeah. Ivan Provorov. Better. Erica Branson. Better. Andrew Peak. Better. Jake Bean. I don't have enough data on Jake Bean. I haven't watched him enough. I'm going to say probably better. And then just for fun, because he's, even though he's on injury reserve, Adam Boquist right now. I would say he's the same. Okay. So he's cons- he's he's definitively worse than, than the top two defensemen, and that's it. Right. And we can even go deeper in saying Nick Blankenberg. He's better than. Okay. There you go. So that's not great. Uh, nope, not ideal. Um, then 
Elliot Friedman is, is calling uh, is, is calling this kind of uh, uh, it's been a loud season in Columbus, he says. And ownership is not like kind of like Vancouver last year. It was yes, loud a all lot. the time. Every year there is a team, a team that last year there were two. They were Ottawa and Vancouver. That's true. But every year, conservatively, there's there's always a team. This you know, year it's Arizona and Columbus. This year it's Arizona and Columbus. Um, Frank Saravalli on his show for Daily Faceoff. Uh, says the line basically says says things like I can't believe what's happening this is crazy but then he then he ends off the hit by going it's not that people don't want to play in Columbus it's that people don't want to play in Columbus with this management group and coaching staff which is interesting right because it's like you it's not that people don't want to play in Toronto they didn't want to play for Mike Babcock Mm -hmm. or it's not that people don't want to play in Toronto they don't like some of the media which, uh, given some of the people in the media here, it, I do not blame them. Yeah. Um, like, just some of the stuff that is coming out of Columbus, like, we just spent half an hour talking about all of the missteps that they've done. And, yeah, like, I, I can't exactly blame them. Mm-hmm. Like, you've shown that you don't know how to handle young players. You've shown that you don't know how to develop. You've shown, actually, that you know how to drive players out. Yep. Like, this is just... you consistently done that through... Like, every big star who has ever played for you has left when they can. And they've either left when they can, or... And this was an Aaron Portsline report 2021, I believe. Um, that, uh, that, that that core that kind of upset Tampa. You know, the, they wanted to stay, but but the offers that they got weren't enough. Like, we're... we're like they were like, we can't, I just, I want to stay, but I can't accept this offer. So you've, I, so everyone, every big star you've ever had has kind of like, has been there want to stay, but through your kind of malpractice has left. All right. That's, that's tough, man. So that's what, Columbus. I just want to say what's like to end this off. What is going to happen? Well, I think they're, they're going to lose their jobs. You think, you uh, think yeah. Yarmo's gone? You think Pascal Vincent's gone? Yeah. That's, that's what I think is the almost only um, course of action here, right? I yep. mean, that's it's just not good enough. Yep. Right, and there's people in that front office that I think are really smart. Absolutely. Like Josh Flynn, I think, is a super underrated AGM. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Urbach's a good scout. You yeah, know, Zach Urbach's like doing a lot of good analytics work. Yeah. So I think that there's, like, I think that there's pieces in that front office, but, I, I mean... The, the guys at the top, like enough. Yeah. It's, it's enough now. And they usually like, a GM gets one coach. This, we're on like coach, like five. And if you, you, you scale it back, right. Cause it went torts, Larson, Babcock. And now Vincent. Vincent, we're on coach four. Yeah. And you think about it. Kekalainen's been there. I'm pretty sure a decade now. Yes. One playoff. Cause he had been there three and a half years already when I got hired in New Jersey and I got hired in 2017. Well, he, he, he got in there. Yeah. So he, yes. And he's had one playoff series victory when he's there. And that, and the only reason we remember that is because the blue jackets were so heavily, heavily, uh, uh, unfavored. Basically they were, they were heavy underdogs. They were the such heavy underdogs because they were pretty uh, like collectively, like the worst team to make the playoffs that year. Oh, by far. All right. Let's, uh, Let's go into the PWHL report, Rachel. Um, there was a lot. We, it was a great. I was at the PWHL showcase. Same. It was awesome. The building was packed. Tessa the, Virtue was there. Tessa Virtue was there. The hockey was great. Uh, like the building was packed and a buzz. It was fantastic. Savannah Harmon had five points in that she game. She did. Yeah. She was buzzing. I found very funny that two different goalies on the same team, I believe it was Team Kloss, um, they both. They both had an almost identical if you're if you're a goaltender, tend the goal moment. They both Yes. They both gave the puck directly to an opposing player. player. One one actually buried it, the other didn't, but very, very funny. Toronto also had an outdoor practice mm-hmm. at City Hall. They did. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. And there was so much happening like around it. When I went to see it, a lot of the creators the NHL had invited were there. So like Coach Chippy, Jeremy from mm. How to Hockey, uh, Johnny Lazarus was there, Empty Netters. Like mm-hmm. there was that. But then there were a lot of little girls there. And I thought that the creators and the PWHL Toronto girls did a 
fantastic job of interacting with everybody that was there. They signed autographs. They saw jerseys. They like they just did a really good job of making the the little girls that showed up to see them mm -hmm. have a fantastic time. Like you could tell that they went out of their way to do different things. And I, I just thought it was awesome. Like I, I really liked that the NHL incorporated them in such a big, meaningful way Absolutely. where there was like stuff happening at city hall all weekend. There was stuff happening at Scotiabank arena all weekend. And the women were front and center. RBC did a thing with Marie Philippe Poulin, Austin Matthews. Um, Sarah nurse was a huge part of everything that happened. Like I just, yeah, like it, I thought, I thought it was great. And then it also came out that Soroya Tinker, mm -hmm has been hired as the manager of diversity, uh, equity and inclusion initiatives and community engagement for the PWHL, which is now amazing. She's going to continue her role as like color commentator, which I'm not necessarily sure I agree with. Um, now it would be different because she's like, doesn't play for the team. So as, as long as it's fine, as long as she keeps them separate, I, I, I don't, she's a broadcaster. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's odd. But it's, I just, also, it's just never happened before. It's odd, but I think that she's so well qualified for this job that it would have been a mistake yes. to go elsewhere. Like She's the executive director of the Black Girl Hockey Club. She started Black Girl Hockey Club Canada. Mm -hmm. She started like that arm. And at, when she was at Yale playing hockey, she started Soroya Strong, which is a program for young women of color. You know, so, like, just she, casually she was at Yale. You know. Like, she has so much experience that I think... Even though she is a broadcaster and there, whether or not there is conflicting stuff happening mm -hmm. there. One, I think it's fantastic that she's a woman of color on the broadcast. So like, okay. Two, she clearly, she has experience doing DEI stuff in hockey. Like she's a personality. She has a podcast. Like she's somebody that has lived and breathed it within hockey and she can bring a lot of those experiences to help the PWHL be at the forefront of these initiatives, which I think is going to be absolutely fantastic. So I think it's a fantastic hire for the PWHL and she's going to thrive in that role. Absolutely. All right. Natalie Spooner is killing it on the goals front. Seven goals leading the league. She overtook Poulin. She did. We were talking last week about how everyone counted out Marie-Philippe Poulin, who was there as well, and she got the biggest cheer uh, when it as came... As she should. As she should, because she's royalty. Um, uh, Natalie Spooner, we we, ha we officially have a goals race here atop the leaderboard. We got Marie-Philippe Poulin and Natalie Spooner, two of the best to do it, battling it out. That's... A, that's that's. I'm looking forward to it. And what's funny, though, is that, you know, we got a goal... We got a race atop the goals leader there, and yet the goaltending in the league has been wild. Actually insane why don't so, you hit me with some save percentages here rachel okay so montreal's goaltending mm -hmm. has been unhinged yeah you can't score against montreal you, okay so Anne renee debien has played mm -hmm. six games and she has a 930 elaine chuli has played three games she has a 962 so what we're we're seeing a ton of low scoring pwhl games and it's because the goaltending is incredible mm -hmm. i mean corinne schrader of new york has a 943 there's, I believe there are six goalies with save percentages over 930. Toronto's goaltenders, below 900. Mm -hmm. Of course. Of course. Why wouldn't they be? That's what it, you know, they're, like I said, they're officially a Toronto sports team by doing yeah. this. Hilarious. But the goaltending has been incredible. And I did wonder this because the PWHL has like smaller teams and you're combining the PWHA and the NWHL, the goaltenders, like the quality of goaltending mm -hmm. has been been off the charts and i wondered if we were going to see kind of less scoring and that's exactly what we've seen yeah being amazing but the, yeah just absolutely incredible i mean to have debian and chuli as a tandem is absolutely incredible like we're talking about national team yeah. level goaltending incredible an embarrassment of riches and that's why montreal is atop the standings as well so there i think it's go. like montreal new york toronto's not doing too bad actually sacre bleu montreal is at the top of the standings um all right well rachel that's been the pwhl report and that is our podcast uh for today we'll be back on thursday obviously but before we are back on thursday we want you to subscribe to the youtube uh to the twitch to the uh the twitter uh, the TikTok, uh, the because the that's TikTok. where a bunch of, uh, the, you can follow us on yes, Instagram. We're going to be doing a giveaway at some point. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be through TikTok and Instagram, Twitter. Like, it's going to be on our socials. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, you're gonna have to check us out there. And we also want uh, want to say that uh, you should you should donate to Jumpstart by Canadian Tire. Um, it's our charity. It's the podcast charity of choice. Um, we I got to do a bunch of stuff with All Star uh, related to Jumpstart this weekend, and that was a ton of great. fun. And we love we love Seeing it because the smiles on these kids' faces. It's the best uh, because it allows uh, economically disadvantaged disadvantaged children to play team sports uh, that they otherwise wouldn't have to or wouldn't be able to because sports are expensive these days so it's a it's a something that's very very near and dear to rachel's and i's heart um hearts we don't share a heart um and uh yeah so i think you should if you can donate there we have all the links and everything in the description of this episode um and yeah until then we will see you on thursday 